podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Hello, late tea time potters around the world. It's very good to see you. It is the Masters 2023, the 87th edition of a lot of people's favourite golf tournament of the year. You'll notice I am James as usual, and you'll notice Dave Tindall's had a very, very effective makeover. Look at him. He looks absolutely superb. In fact, no, it's Matt Cooper's joining us for the uh, Masters this week. Dave Tindall is on his holidays. Uh, And Matt, welcome back. Uh, welcome. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the welcome. I've uh, dressed specially as the man from uh, Milk Tray, just just for the <laughs> just for the Masters. Are you going to come swinging through my window with a box of chocolates? Uh, that's exactly what I've got planned. Yes. Oh, excellent. I, I could do with some of those now. Um, anyway, it is the uh, Masters, as I said, the 87th edition at the Augusta National. Um, we've been talking on the Twitter feed. Me and Dave, um, it's our favourite tournament of the year. Just shading. Um, the English edition, the Open. Um, would it be the same with you? Would you? Um, where would you put the Masters in terms of ranking? Well, a little, a little bit of me, it always, always kind of quite likes this one because it, it falls more or less on my birthday. So I kind of always think that the Masters are putting on a little special show just for me, which is slightly <laughs> idiotic. I think because I go to the, I'm quite lucky. I've been going as a punter to the, uh, um, to the Open since 1994, and as a journalist since what 2009. So it's a whole week there, uh, and I think that extra excitement uh, mean uh, of attendance means that it's it's always the top one for me. But the it's I think the fact that the Masters is always the first um, it's the first major after we've had a bit of a winter break. I think the this is the event that has the greatest anticipation, and uh, so the excitement is 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 probably greater than at the Open. We'll talk over the course of this podcast. Who is going to win the green jacket? We'll certainly get our our tips away. As always, I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa because he's, he's my mate. Um, but uh, we will find out what Matt has uh, up his sleeve in terms of the best bets. When Matt joined us before, it's quite some time ago. It must be at least a year since I've spoken to you, Matt. But uh, you came up with some winning bets on your uh, on, on the uh, Late Tea Time podcast. So we'll see if you can replicate that over the next four days. Of course, because it's a major major we will be with you every single day so we're basically this is the tournament preview or ahead of round one and we'll be back between rounds ahead of round two round three and round four as we go through the uh, masters with our best bets all the way through the tournament um but matt let's start off with uh, who's going to win it i mean the green jacket it's there waiting for somebody to have it wrapped around their shoulders who will be the um, the winner i mean let's go through the the uh, the market shall we before i uh, get you to answer that because the favorite um, with the uh, the bookmakers is uh, Scotty Scheffler. He's the best price of seven to one. You've got Rory McIlroy um, without a major in nine years, is it now? 15 to yeah. two for him. 10 to one for John Rahm. Jordan Spieth, who was Dave Tyndall's uh, pick uh, when we spoke last week, 18 to one. 20 to one for Patrick Cantlay. Justin Thomas is in there at 22s. Xander Schaffle, 25s. 25s for Tony Finnout. Jason Day, 28s. Dustin Johnson, um, lives Dustin Johnson 28s as well, as is my mate Colin Morikawa. Um, often, Matt, 
the Masters seems the winner seems to come from the top end of the uh, of the kind of the rankings in the world. Do you see it going the same way this time? I think you've got to you've got to go that way. Dave's a big a big fan of the trends, of course, and I'm I'm not far behind him when it comes to that. Um, yeah, I think it, like the last the last ten winners have been uh, top thirty in the world. Um, they've been you know relatively fancied by the by the bookmakers. Um, they 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 shine in uh, all the stat categories you might expect. I, 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 there's a slight element that's changed uh, in my thinking ahead of this masters we often talk and say that it doesn't really matter what you do off the tee because there's extra width there's not a lot of rough at augusta and right. um, I, I was in a bit of a chat with somebody and they argued that driving has a slightly more important um, aspect to the game at augusta and it's started to make sense when i started to think imagine you've got a, a player you've got money on him on the back nine on sunday and he's getting to the 10th tee the 11th tee the 13th tee the 15th tee if he doesn't put a good drive down there, he's fighting to make par. Mm. And if you want to get, if he wants to make birdie on thirteen and fifteen, he's got to hit a really good drive. Um, so, in actual fact, although it is true there's not much rough, the fairways are wide. Driving is actually quite an important aspect of the game. Uh, but of course, also short game, uh, bold approaches are very, very important. Putting's not a massive thing because uh, you've got to putt well. But startlingly good putters don't necessarily thrive there. But all those things that we talked about, they are high-class, elite um, golfer characteristics. And I, I mean, I would like to see a bit of a shock. And there's a couple of outsiders who I quite like. But I'm more uh, veering, as most people would be, towards the top end of the market. Well, if it's all about who's driving the best in the world at the moment, then Rory wins, doesn't he? Well, I, I, I really like Rory's chances this week. Uh, and it, I mean, in one sense, you look at Scotty Scheffler, at, at his case is incredibly good. It's, but it's the fact that he's the defending champion. And lots of people know that only three defending champions have won uh, mm. at the Masters. But in actual fact, only one first time winner has defended his green jacket. So Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods, uh, they've defended the green jacket, but they're the two greatest players ever. The, and yeah. they didn't defend their first green jacket. The only man who did do so was Nick Faldo. And uh, he wasn't one of the greatest golfers ever, but he might have been the most single-minded golfer ever. Uh, and that just illustrates just how difficult it is to defend. And part of that is because Scotty Scheffler is going to be doing so much off the course this week. Um, and again, uh, with the exception of Jordan Spieth, who very nearly won back-to-back, -back, but ultimately finished second, um, not one other of the last 10 defending champions actually landed a top 10. So it's, it's a really difficult task for Scotty Scheffler this week. And John Rahm, I'm a little bit worried. He's He's gone off the boil, off the tee in the last couple of uh, starts. I mean, he, he's elite enough to get over that quite quickly. But then Rory is in fantastic form off the tee. He's a winner this year. I, I think, And also, I really like the fact that he was so positive when he left Augusta 12 months ago and he's talked quite a bit about that he's ne you know he's never been more excited to go to Augusta so I think there's, there's good vibes around him this is late tea time the golf betting podcast the weight of the green jacket does weigh heavy doesn't it and coming back the next time you pick your menu you, you host the dinner yeah. everybody wants to have a word with you as well do we know what Scotty Scheffler what was his menu do you know what he served up well, I tell you, it's really interesting that a lot of the past champions who tasted it, apparently there was quite a lot of gasping when there was a tortilla soup 
which is not which is not a, a dish I was familiar with until I saw it on the um, until I saw right. it on the menu. It, it sounds extremely dry, but in, in actual fact, it's not quite. Uh, it's not literally. It sounds like a sort of crisp, a sort of a crisp sandwich almost. But um, it's uh, it was very very hot apparently, and Fred Couples was gasping and practically desperate for yogurt to try and to try and uh, calm down the uh, the chili in his mouth. Uh, and I think after that, it was. I think it was steak, and there was some sort of uh, uh, red redfish or something. A redfish, I think it was like a, some right. sort of barbecued redfish. So very, uh, very Texas influenced Tex-Mex. One way you could guarantee yourself retaining the green jacket is just to give everybody else food poisoning, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. Although, of course, has that ever been, ever been tried, Matt? He can only get rid of the other the past champions, though, can't he? He can't actually. <laughs> the other challengers will miss out on the food poisoning. So it's not. It's not uh, and and mostly this year, actually, I, I, this is probably. This might be like, in some sense, it's like the weakest lot of of past champions because you've got you've got a lot of live guys there who are a bit distracted, um, and then you've got a lot of uh, you know sort of older fellas. Um, yeah, this could be a really good opportunity for folks who don't yet have a green jacket to grab one. Let's get into the outrights then. I've given you the prices already. We've mentioned Rory. Is he one of your picks this week or are you going elsewhere? Yeah, I want Rory on side. I mean, it's so tight at the top that uh, it's really sort of like a save running because I, I do I do think that this this might be his best chance. Uh, the person I really, really like is Jordan Spieth, however. I think um, he's another one who left Augusta last year and might be motivated because of why he left. But it's a slightly different way to Rory, whereas Rory had good vibes after holding that bunker shot to complete a, a 64 that was the lowest, or equaled the lowest score ever shot in the final round at Augusta. Jordan Spieth missed the weekend last year, uh, and he was gutted that he did that because he absolutely loves this tournament. He couldn't believe that he'd, he'd, he'd missed out playing Saturday and Sunday. And he actually went and won the RBC Heritage the week later he was so kind of inspired to to sort of pull his game around. He ended up that week in a tartan jacket, and if I if he can just sort of stir the stir the sort of memories of that and get the fire in his belly that he obviously had when he's back here this week, uh, I think he's got an absolutely great chance. We all know he's got a brilliant record, at Augusta, and I really like this little stat. If he's had a top ten in his three starts before he gets to Augusta, he's always finished top three. Augusta, and if he hasn't had a top 10, he's not finished top 10. And he finished third at Innisbrook two starts ago. So I think that's like quite good vibes. He's one to keep an eye on in the first round because, again, if he goes uh, subpar, he, ten he tends to finish, he'll finish in the top 10. If he doesn't, he will not be a factor. Um, that's how it's gone in the past. Doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future, but that, that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a leg up on the state of his game. It's actually worth bearing in mind that. Um, the last 17 winners uh, at Augusta were tied 11th or better after round one. And that it's, it's quite interesting looking at the pre-tournament uh, press conferences. There's a little bit of chatter that the first round could be, it will, will definitely, it's underlined its importance because Thursday has the best weather forecast. And after that, it's going to get very mucky, very wet, uh, potential thunderstorms, lots of delays possibly. So getting a good start on, on Thursday seems to be essential. So potentially get a good start and try and hold on as the weather yeah. descends or the bad weather descends. Um, just to, I mean, you mentioned Jordan Spieth. Uh, Dave Tyndall 
um, when we were previewing last week, picked out Jordan Spieth from his trends um, piece that he wrote for Betfair. Um, just looking at the prices here, Matt, the obviously the, the range of places that are on offer, I think Betfair mm. um, and Betway are the most generous. They're offering 12 places, um, 10 places from Paddy Power, and then the rest are kind of around about eight. So Ladbrook, Ladbrook's actually 10 places. Would you go with more places because it's the Masters, or would you go with the price? Because obviously kind of the less places, the higher the price. Yes. I think if I was going with Spieth, I would go with less uh, less places and um, try to get the best price. Okay. Uh, so I mean, his I best, his he best price involved, is, um, sorry, his best price is 18 the, to 1, 8 five. places. Uh, I think if we're going down with, yeah, you see, I, 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 the, the nature of of Spieth is that I think he, he, you know, he could get in at the sharp end. And uh, I'd and I also quite like him for the win, so I'd I'd want to be getting the the better win uh, win price on board. Uh, that will change with my couple of outsiders that I might mention later on. Okay, well, Jordan Spieth, um, as I say, eighteen to one, eight places with Skybet. That's the best with him. For Rory McIlroy, his best price is fifteen to two, but you only get five places with uh, ten bet for him. You can get thirteen to two, eight places um, with eight 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 sports. That might be actually the best play with uh, Rory. Um, thirteen to two, eight places with um, eight 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 sports. So they're the uh, the outright picks so far from Matt. Have you got any more outrights? You mentioned the two outsiders. Is there anybody else in between, or are we going to go straight to the bigger prices? I have actually. I'm on Shane Lowry uh, anti post, so I'm kind of quite happy with that. Um, his his Augusta record's going in the right direction. Um, he struggled early on, but he's like really got to grips with the course. Uh, got a couple of top 25s and then I was very keen on him last year actually and he finished third um, and some great quotes when he left last year he was quite frustrated that he didn't properly get in the mix in the final round he had a few problems early on in that final round but um, he went away saying that when he was involved you know that his experience of being in contention on the weekend he felt quite comfortable doing it on the course so I think that's quite good vibes. And the fact that he won at Wentworth at the end of last year, I think that will sort of echo down. It's quite a long time ago now, but um, I think that will, will echo down and give him a few good vibes. Um, so I quite I quite like uh, Shane Lowry. But then, yeah, I do tend... It is, the next two I like are a little bit bigger in price. Okay, Shane Lowry, 66 to 1, seven places with Sporting Index. And uh, we'll stick him onto the uh, late tea time pod betting slip. All right, the two outsiders then, Matt. Uh, bigger prices. We've talked about maybe, um, generally speaking, the winner coming from the uh, the more fancied brigade. Yeah. But who are you looking at in terms of the longer prices? Well, it, it's um, it's an interesting one because, of course, we also know that the debutants really struggle to win at Augusta. Fuzzy's that, so it's almost like the um, the the easiest pub quiz question in golf, isn't it? Who was the last? Who's last debutante to win at Augusta? And the answer, Fuzzy Zeller in 1979. Uh, but in actual fact, debutantes actually often uh, perform quite well. They just get kind of tripped up right at the very last. Recently, Will Zalatoris very nearly won on debut yeah. before finishing second. I think Luke Donald's finished top five on debut, so it's possible. Um, that said, the two guys who um, um, I'm going to suggest are on the debut, but one of them, with Minwoo Lee, is not that experienced, but he did play for the first time last year, finished tied 14th. And I really like the Aussie this this week. He was very chipper when he was like talking about his experience last year. 
he's been in such great form. Back end of last year, start of this year on the DP World Tour, he, uh, the top 15s were flying left, right and centre, uh, second and third on uh, multiple occasions. And then he contended at the Players' Championship, was right in the mix, really impressed a lot of people, hung around, got a top uh, top six. I think the experience will really, really help him because he said he played the first 54 holes just playing his own game, got a bit caught up in the business of trying to win on Sunday. And I think he's quite a bright lad. I think he's going to kick on from that experience. And I think his game's a great fit here. He's um, he's decent from the tee. His approach work, he's done a lot of hard work on it over the winter and it's improved. And his short game on around the greens has been in great nick. So I think he's a really good fit. Um, and he's the brother of Minji Lee, who is a major yeah. winner in the LPGA. So I think there's, there's been, I think they quite like to do the major double. Um, uh, and I think he's got, I would be surprised if he'd win, but I don't think it's entirely out of the question. But a really, really good week is a, is a great possibility for Minwoo. You can imagine Minwoo Lee wanting to get a major under his belt just for that sibling rivalry. He's seen his sister do so yes. well. You'd imagine that uh, when they meet up for family gatherings, he'd like to just stick down a green jacket alongside <laughs> the, uh, just to get back to it. Yes, uh, yes, uh, completely. Um, uh, and the next one is Chris Kirk. Now, a bit like Dave, I said I like I like the trends, and there's a trend that I really like in the majors. I've really liked this over the last sort of five or six years, and it, it's it's particularly true in the Masters that the winners um, have contended in a major, sort of three or four. You know, the, in the Masters case, the last ten winners all contended for a major the year before. Uh, and now Chris Kirk, and what this does is this throws up a few outsiders. So the first time I picked up on it was when Danny Willett won the Masters in 2016. So yeah. the year before at the Open, the 2015 Open, I was actually uh, hanging around talking to the players after they'd finished. And Danny Willett came off the course and said, I've just played with Zach Johnson. It looks like a really good shot that he's going to get a playoff. He might end up winning this tournament. And if he does... I've seen what to do, what not to do in the final round of a major championship. Zach Johnson did win that Open. Spin it forward eight months later. Uh, rather bizarrely, Danny Willett had a son, called him Zachariah. I like to think there was a bit of subconscious stuff going on there, Zach, Zachariah. It prompted those memories. And of course, what many of us remember about Danny Willett was he and uh, he got his eagle at the 15th went to the 16th tee, discovered that Jordan Spieth had collapsed. He was now leading the tournament. And what did he do next? He stuffed his tee shot on 16 close. Uh, Lee Westwood, who has a bit of reputation for sort of shying away from the from the, the sharp end, he did the exact opposite and sort of flopped his tee shot to the front of the green, not giving himself a great birdie look. And lots of people said, what, what was it that gave Danny Willett the capacity to step up to the plate when he got that chance? And I think it was that experience at the Open. The year before, he was also actually playing quite well in WGCs. Uh, but Chris Kirk, he was fifth at the PGA Championship last year. Uh, and by the way, Danny Willett is not alone in slightly shock major winners who actually did contend. So it's a really it's a really nice way to like, whittle the field down. Because, uh, of course, it's very obvious that people like Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, these guys, and John Rump, they've all they've all contended. It's easy. But this these these guys that we're slightly surprised about, they do keep repeating. Uh, so he, that's very good. He's also got a, a top 20 at Augusta. He's also a winner this year. And uh, Masters winners do tend to have a recent win. He played very nicely last week. 
uh, tied 10th at the Texas Open. And a lot of ma- Masters winners do play the week before. Um, yeah. So that's that's in his favour. Uh, and finally, he's got a really good short game. And his short game's in great nick at the moment. And also, he said last week in Texas, that his driver, um, which he'd been having a little bit of difficulty with after the win, he got it back on track and was feeling great. So um, I really like Chris Kirk's chances of getting involved. Nice, nice. 150 to 1. Um, if yes. you're taking him on the outright mark, it's eight places with both Bet365 and William Hill for Chris Kirk. And Minwoo Lee, 60 to 1, seven places with both Unibet and Bet UK. Probably the best way in on him. First round, just around the corner. Have you got anything else for me before we uh, depart, or are we going to uh, leave it with that? Is there anything else that you're desperate to get off your chest? Well, I've, I've, I've come back to an old favourite at Augusta. A couple of years ago, I um, backed Justin Rose, and I don't think it's the first time I've backed him in the first round, but it's, it's, it's one I, I do remember. He, was, he chatted to the Daily Telegraph and said that at that stage in his career, his focus was on the majors. And if you looked at the majors and what he would think of as the big tournaments for him, uh, something like Wentworth in addition to the majors, he was getting off to some fantastic starts around about there and also some pretty decent finishes. And it really did give the impression that he was quite hyped up for the week. He was making strong starts. He was the, he was the solo leader at the 2019 US Open, for example. And he's got a great record at Augusta. And he went ahead again and got the lead, the solo lead. So that was like 2021. Now, that's the second solo first round lead he's had at Augusta. He's also had two shared first round leads and another four places. So his record at Augusta in the first round is really, really fantastic. So he's only had 14 starts. Um, And I just think he's a winner again this year at Pebble Beach. He really, really likes this place. Uh, I'm quite happy to go to kind of go in again. So, um, yeah, he's my pick for Thursday. Uh, slight concern that he's he's out a bit late, so it could be a delayed a delayed thing on um, Thursday. But I'm going to stick with him. I like the rose will bloom at uh, Augusta. Uh, that will be my story. It's a terrible bit of rubbish, uh, but yes, that's that's that would be my uh, headline. So you're taking him to be the first round leader. Yes. Yeah. So first round, I mean, to, to win the thing, he's 60 to one, seven places with Unibet, Bet UK. If you want to take him to uh, win on Thursday, be ahead when they uh, finish and go to bed on Thursday night. Um, 40 to one, he is best price, six places with Skybet. And you can also get him six places with Boyle Sports as well. So uh, that is Justin Rose to be the first round leader. That's the Augusta National. Matt Cooper, um, we've got uh, a few on our betting slip there, haven't we? We've got, uh, yeah. just to run through them, Rory McIlroy, 15 to 2, five places, or uh, 30 to 2, if you want to take him for uh, seven places, and with 888 Sport. Jordan Spieth, he's 18 to 1, eight places with Skybet. Shane Lowry, 66 to 1, seven places with Sporting Index. Minwoo Lee, 60 to 1, seven places, Unibet and Bet UK. Chris Kirk, 150 to 1, eight places, Bet 365, William Hill. And as we just mentioned, Justin Rose, 60 to 1 to win the thing, seven places, Unibet and Bet UK, or to be the first round leader. Um, 40 to 1, six places with both Skybet 
and with Boyle Sports. And I guess on the uh, the kind of guys like um, Chris Kirk and what have you, you can either play him on the outrights with the places or take him to be top 20, top 30, whatever yes. whatever prices you can get with him. Because he's at that price, you're going to get a decent uh, price on him to be in the uh, top 20, top 10, whatever you want to, whatever you want yeah. to play him. Uh, yeah, completely. And uh, here's another little um, good vibe for Spieth and Rory McIlroy. Only okay. one of the last twelve winners teed off before eleven o'clock. So uh, it's almost like Augusta, Augusta know what they're doing. Augusta National Golf Club knows what it's doing. So they they of course on the, the marquee groups go out at, uh, very late on Thursday, and it's almost like they know who's who's in form, who's got a good chance, and they stick them out late on Thursday, get them on television. Uh, so they see, it's almost like they seem to know, to take the hint. Augusta National knows, and uh, yeah, Rory and Jordan Spieth are in the two last groups out on Thursday. Rory and Jordan Spieth been mentioned quite a lot on the uh, Late Tea Time podcast. They seem to be carrying probably the uh, the biggest stakes that we're going to be putting on um, at the Masters. We've got this far without mentioning Tiger Woods. Um, I'll mention him now. I think he goes out some early on Thursday and late on Friday. Do you think that's the organisers in the same way you've just been talking there, getting him walking down the 18th on Friday night, whatever happens, that you can say goodbye to the Tiger or welcoming him into the weekend? Yeah, that's a very good point, yeah. Um, it was it, it was slightly sad. I, I, um, he was asked the question this week, uh, you know, about his, his future, and he sort of, like said, who knows? Uh, and admitted that he's in a bit of a worse physical state than he All might right. have been last year. So that's, you know, that's it's, it's kind of quite sad because he's, you know, if, if if there's been one thing he's always been, it's like he's always he's he's always fought against fate. You know, that that sort of uppercut fist pump of his, it's always been sort of like just sort of destroying, um, you know, the world's uh, ability to stop him doing what he loves, which is competing. And it seemed like that was almost like the first. The first sort of element of defeatism in his quest. So, um, yeah, you might be quite right there. Yeah, the Augusta National have, have timed it again. Because you, usually, when you see Tiger ahead of a major, when they ask him, "Are you here to win?" his answer is usually, "Well, I wouldn't be here unless I thought yes. I could win." But it sounds like he's maybe just watering that down a little bit. It, 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 is, it is. It is. And it's. And yeah, it, there's, there's, it's. It's. It's odd. I think there was there was there was somebody on Twitter who said that when that question gets asked with an element of doubt he just stares into your soul <laughs> just like makes oh. it really obvious that yes i'm i'm, I'm not here to faff about and what that yeah. kind of what, what's his line i'm here for the w and that sort of thing yeah and so it's 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 a it's a if, if it's correct it's a little bit sad that he's he's kind of accepting that father times sort of the shadow of father times looming over him Happens to us all, Matt. Happens to us all. And it's happened to this uh, first edition of the uh, the Majors, uh, the Masters um, Late Tea Time podcast as well. We have come to the end of uh, chapter one of four chapters in the uh, Masters 2023. As I said, we'll be back with you every single day as we go through until that uh, final round on Sunday. So we're back ahead of round two, back ahead of round three, and back ahead of the final round as well. And uh, Matt will be with me all the way through. But Matt, for the first instalment, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks. Enjoy it, everybody. I hope all your favourite Masters elements are there. I, I always like my, my own particular favourite, which I will be uh, keeping my ears out for, is, is that the sort of mournful sigh of the um, of the freight trains that you get down around Amen Corner. Like, it's, it's, it's a kind of sad, sad noise, but it's a, I always have a little smile when I hear it, so I'm looking forward to that. 
I was thinking with the Masters, Matt, the, uh, you get certain iconic holes, don't you, on courses around the world that you kind of recognise that hole. Even if you don't recognise the course, you know the hole. With the Masters, you almost recognise every single one yes. of the 18, don't you? That's just a, yeah. it's just a very special place, isn't it? And it's, it's just that, it's that joy that we know it so well that you could be watching it stay with your dad who doesn't know it very well and a ball lands on the front of the green and you can almost hear your dad like, oh, that's not very good. And you know, oh, hang on a second. Just like you wait and, the, and gravity just takes that ball. Yeah. And uh, that, somehow my dad never learns this every year. And if, if I do go and watch the golf with him, he'll be absolutely astonished by the slopes and everything. But that, those of us who take a slightly closer interest, we love that element that we know exactly where the ball's going to track. And that, of course, leads to the drama on the last day. Yeah, that's the um the par three. Is it fifteenth, sixteenth? The par three with the water, where they always fire it out to the right of the green, and it gradually yes. feeds itself down to the hole, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, there's certain holes like that. You just know it's it's landed thirty feet away from the pin, but it's going to just yeah. travel down, nestle next to the pin, and everybody gets very excited. And you get a few hole in ones, don't you, on that hole? Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that all all those elements are the ones that we just that when you were saying earlier on, is this. Is this the best of of the, of the majors? Uh, that element is why it's the most anticipated and why our excitement is at its greatest, I think. Well, I think 73% of the late tea time podders out there on the poll we put out on Twitter the other day um, suggested it was their favourite of the uh, the Masters. Um, a few people said that the uh, the uh, Open in England was uh, probably just marginally shades it. But I think it's those two that are probably head and shoulders above the rest. And really looking forward to the next four days. As I said, we'll see you every single day as we go through late tea time podders out there. I've been James, he's been Matt, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network.